season is over. In five, four, three, two. Extreme close up! Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the Radcast. I'm Steven. I'm Matt. And we are continuing Jean-Claude January. Mm-hmm. Um, and we What's are... on your shirt? Uh, various things. <laughs> okay. It's a black shirt. Everything shows up on a black right. shirt. It's just, did you dust your drawers with that? It's, I, I'll wipe my face with it, and there's skin flakes on there. I don't... What, what are you trying? with it. <laughs> Wait, you want, you want to clone me I or just, something? No, I was just curious. I just noticed. Oh. It's like, oh, I it, look it, looks, it looks like when there's like deodorant yeah it's on there yeah yeah his black shirt's clean <laughs> yeah well clean as a whistle well you've had to besmirch the face of reba mcintyre you haven't worked hard like two hard working men this week like nick and i it's, it's very true. true um but <laughs> uh, it's been great yeah i i understand um so anyway yes and welcome everybody back into the radcast jean-claude january continues this week last week hopefully you enjoyed lionheart mm-hmm. um we love that movie and hopefully you liked our analysis of it. One of his tournament movies. Exactly. One this of his week, tournament we're getting movie. into one of his story-driven exactly. movies. Exactly. Uh, we are not alone in this endeavor because we're continuing Jean-Claude January with a uh, close friend of ours we've known for a number of years. And we've already had his sister and his brother-in-law on. That would be five-timer Jeff Wright and then his sister and then our guest sister, <laughs> Katie. Uh, Katie. <laughs> um, but today with us, a connoisseur of 80s and 90s pop culture and action movies just like us. Nick Woodcock is with us. Hello, Nick. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello. He's here. Two hellos, one for me, one for you. Yes, for our two listeners as well. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so hopefully you feel special. Nick is talking right to you. Yep. Um, Nick is here because, uh, like we said, not only is he a proponent of action movies of all types, he's a proponent of Jean-Claude Van Damme action movies. In the movie we're doing this week, mm-hmm. he was the very first, middle, and last person that we mm-hmm. thought of when we decided to do the Radcast, we're yes. like, when we get to this movie, it's Nick or no one. Exactly. It's Nick or we don't do the episode. Today's movie is the 1993 Jean-Claude Van Damme mullet classic, Hard Target. Mm. It's We just got done watching it. It was the first time I've watched it in years. Oh, my God. You watch like every six months. Oh, or, yes. It's, y- it's, it's so good. It's one of the few movies I own on like Amazon Video. Like. Yes. <laughs> DVD, DVD, VHS, Blu-ray, Amazon. Everything you can want from a movie like this. And mm-hmm. we'll get into it for sure. Yeah. But we're talking hard target today. Um, Nick, the way that we do that, these you've listened to us um, here and there. So I don't know if you've heard any of our movie reviews, our Radcast rentals. We start with a little kind of boilerplate information stuff to kind of kick off some info about the movie. So I'm going to do that right now. Uh, so released on August 30th, 1993, directed by famed John Woo. This was so, his first American movie, wasn't it? Yeah, it's first American mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, and he definitely, and it sh- it's showcased in here. I haven't watched a ton of John Woo. I've watched Face Off, and I've watched this. Um, but a lot of his American movies, but also a lot of it, he's Chinese. 
Is he? Uh, he's he's Hong, Asian. Hong right? Kong. Yeah. Hong Kong. So, yeah. yeah. So a lot of his Hong Kong movies mm-hmm. uh, have a very. He's he is he's known for his style, mm-hmm. uh, and he's known for when doves cry. Yeah. If you know John Woo, you know <laughs> that reference. Uh, he dated Prince. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> That's what we're getting at. Uh, but it's starring, of course, our man of man of the month, Jean Claude Van Damme as Chance Boudreau. Chance Boudreau. <laughs> uh, Lance Henriksen. The the incomparable Lance Henriksen, I should say. He, to me, he's my favorite character actor. Yeah. Um, you can't go wrong with Lance Henriksen. Just his voice. Exactly. Oh, so good. Um, I say, for me, everybody says Morgan Freeman in the last 15 years. has said Morgan Freeman this, Morgan Freeman that. Listen, if I can't have James Earl Jones, I'm going to have Lance Henriksen mm-hmm. narrate things for me. Yep. Um, so Lance Henriksen is, I'm scrolling up too far. Lance Henriksen is Emile Fashon. Uh, Yancey Butler as Nat Natasha Bender, Arnold Vosloo making his second appearance on the Radcast. Yeah. I didn't think he'd be on here this much mm-hmm. um, as Pick Van Cleef, uh, Casey Lemons as Detective Mary Mitchell, with Willie Carpenter as Elijah Roper, and the uh, recently passed on the late Wilford Brimley as Uncle Duvet. Uncle, Uncle Duvet. <laughs> Uncle Duvet. So if you've ever had a dream of uh, Wilford Brimley speaking in a Cajun accent, yeah. this is the movie. This is for the you. movie for you. <laughs> uh, box office of $74 million on an $18 million budget. This, up to this point, was Jean-Claude Van Damme's biggest movie. Oh, yeah. I know there's a lot. Of the, I love Bloodsport, love Kickboxer, love Lionheart. We talked about it last mm-hmm. week. Um, Double Impact came out before this. Yeah. Uh, and he, he had those movies, and he was, you know, he, he had a niche for, like, his fans or whatever. Yeah. But this was, like, the biggest showcase of Jean-Claude Van those, Damme up it, to this point. If, in a way, like, if this makes sense, those were jcvd vehicles mm-hmm. to whereas this was like those are jean-claude van damme movies whereas this is an action movie with jean-claude van yeah, damme universal in it. Yeah. wanted to get into the business of yeah. jean-claude van damme um so speaking of the business the business speaking of the business of jean-claude van damme um we mentioned earlier you're a big jcvd fan ever since we met you that was like the first thing we connected on what what started just to kick off your history with them and in, in, in honor of this month what what was the first JCV, your first um, exposure to Jean-Claude Van Damme? Oh, man, it's it's so hard to remember. I just, I don't know what was the first Jean-Claude movie that I watched. Mm-hmm. I just know that cheesy action movies and my dad, we just, we always watched them. Yeah. And yeah. this one has always stuck out because I know I was too young when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. To watch it. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's like all of the movies that we watched. Yeah, right. But I don't know, just something about Jean Claude and just I mean, I think probably Kickboxer was probably the first yeah, one. Yeah. Yep. That 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 would make sense. But yeah, this movie, every time I watch it, it's more violent than I remembered. And like there are parts that are more unsettling than I remembered. Mm-hmm. Just and even just like some of the, even just some of the sounds, like Right. Like the ear scene in this yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. just just the sound of the scissors in the well, ear. And- well, in the sounds that, like, certain people, mm-hmm. like, when they're being... Per- is, we'll get into what the synopsis yeah. is, but when people are being pursued, just, like, you can hear the desperation and, like, the, the panting and the wheezing and, mm-hmm. like, just desperately trying to get out of the situation. Yeah. It's kind of like... I was like, ugh. Yeah, well, I think yeah. you said it's, like, unsettling. Yeah. Um. So that's... You're kind of... You're with your history with Jean-Claude Van Damme. What's, what's, and I think you kind of answered it with cheesy 80s action movies, but for JCVD, what is the appeal of him to you, like him specifically? I think him specifically is, it's, 
a lot of his own stunts. I'm just seeing yeah. a lot of like him doing his own action instead of him being like the larger action stars of the time that you know just went in yeah. and you know just shoot people. And, right. Or you know the Steven Seagal's that you know just karate chop you from five yeah. feet away yeah, and, very and you're and you're down. It, it's yeah. just you know lots of action, lots of good action, and mm-hmm. just you know it good he yes. moves well he can barely understand what he's saying which yeah. makes it funny yeah i think his uh he he's in a lot of his move well in the in his best movies this hard target being one of them also time cop is good too mm-hmm. he's he's a a he's a, a passable actor yeah. with what you give sure. him and in a limited capacity um like nick said it's all about the high octane kick oh, yeah, punchy action. action yeah like his earmarks of the splits and like his uh his taekwondo which and... he didn't have any splits in this movie did he mm. there's no ass shot either right we mentioned last week that there's there's like the patented jcvd ass shot in a lot and of his splits movies. and there's neither one of those in this movie mm-hmm. so episode's over yeah it's just not a john woo signature move so yeah, yeah, this exactly is true. It's like... like matt said this is more of a john woo movie with jean-claude van Damme. it was a big studio i can imagine john woo trying to set up an action shot he's like is this where i do the splits he's like no it's like do you want me to drop my pants and show my ass no where's this coming from how about know. a little dance <laughs> how about some dancing like a kickboxer <laughs> Um, but this, I mean, it's just this, this one, this movie, especially compared to the 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 Jean Claude Van Damme movies up to this point, mm-hmm. this movie was different in a lot of ways. There's a lot of cool shots in it. A lot too. of cool, a lot of like, dy- there's a lot of interesting and dynamic movement in mm-hmm. the movie. Um, and I think, like you said, it because it's not necessarily a 100% Jean-Claude Van Damme vehicle. Mm-hmm. You're showcasing a story with him as the main character, but it's not a Jean-Claude Van Damme story, He's if not that makes sense. too much. Right. Right. Yeah. So, Matt, why don't you give, for those pe- for anybody listening mm-hmm. who has maybe isn't familiar with the movie, yeah. uh, maybe give like a quick synopsis. So the movie's basically about um, this young woman, uh, Natasha. Mm-hmm. She comes to New Orleans because she knows that her father's her estranged father is there, and he's all of a sudden stopped communicating with her, you know, via you know the occasional letter. Mm-hmm. So she goes to look for him, and she can't find him. And she's asking around, and she enlists the help of this of Jean Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. this uh, um, this kind like wanderer vagrant. vagrant. Like, yeah. yeah, he knows the city, so he's be- he becomes a help. Um, but in her search for her father, they find out that there's this organization run by Lance Henriksen and Arnold Vuslu that basically for a high price will allow private citizens Mm -hmm. to essentially hunt homeless people. And as we find out homeless veterans Mm -hmm. under the guise of sort of justified murderous violence because the government has you know the army and they have fighter pilots and they have firemen and policemen or not firemen but they have policemen and they get to murder people and they have impunity Mm -hmm. and he's basically said you know that's in us to want to hunt and you know the thrill of the chase Mm -hmm. i'm basically giving private citizens the chance to and almost like a sick noble cause, I'm giving them, you know, the few sadistic that'll pay the right price. I'm giving them the chance to hunt people. So basically, that's what the movie, the story, of the movie surrounds, is that. And so we're trying to, um, 
you know, like Jace, they're trying to find, they're trying to get to the bottom of, you know, this murder while also uncovering this organization. He, JCVD and Natasha get caught in the crosshairs. Yeah, it, of kind exactly. of what they're trying to do because be- she's led to believe because this organization's good at alibis and cover ups. Right. She's led to believe her father just burned him just got burnt up in a random building mm-hmm. but then through some investigation he's like he was murdered you know mm-hmm. so it then that's when they try and you know they're caught in the crosshairs and they're trying to investigate that yeah yeah um so quick that was just a yeah, real just, quick was, overview yeah exactly there's, there's so much there's the so much in the movie so much that like throughout the whole movie you're like oh cool Cool, cool. But then, in like the last ten minutes, you're that's, like, that's "Oh, what my we commented God. on it was, it was like the story's good and it's a good movie, right. you know, up until, but it's a slow burn, mm-hmm. right. and then it's literally the last twenty minutes is just nonstop foot to the floor action. Mm-hmm. Gets into that like that gun food that like yeah, yes, exactly that John Woo is known for, mm-hmm. and it's just so many. And later, I've got I've written down like the best absurd action pieces. Yeah, and there because. And this last, when it starts to up the ante, there's just some ridiculous shots. Mm-hmm. But you, you're like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. So would you say this is your favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme movie? Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Easily. Uh, so out of all, and have you seen pretty much all of them? Pretty much all. Of them. Yeah. yeah. It's especially all, all the big ones. All the big ones, a lot of smaller ones. But yeah. You, you know, the, the ones worth watching. Oh, yeah. You know. So yeah. what, what about this one in particular would put this one head and shoulders above like all the other ones. Cause all the other, a lot of them kind of run together as you've probably right. noticed, but like what about this one? Like puts it ahead of them all for you. Well, I think it's kind of like even what's been said where it's more of like a John Woo movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starring, you know, JCVD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you have like the action, you have the romance, you have the drama mm-hmm. and it's all in there as compared to all the other movies where it's, you have action you might have a romantic interest, yeah. but you know, there's no true plot to follow. But yeah. you know, this one actually carries a story throughout it, and mm-hmm. just the over-the-top action in this movie is—it's it's ridiculous, unbelievable. Yeah. What I kind of liked though is there's like in this movie there's some like hinted romance, like some romantic attraction. I know, but yeah, I noticed really there... Natasha and you know and. Uh, chance yeah they don't really indulge in anything right. no you know? i mean she has she has a few of those looks you know but kind, kind of like yeah it's just her normal disposition her, her, her only looks yeah <laughs> exactly uh um, she has very striking features but she's yes. got pretty pretty eyes but like yeah. big eyes yeah. and i feel like during the audition process they're like can you act surprised and she just doesn't it's like you're hired without ever <laughs> delivering a line i didn't do anything yeah um but there, I, I did notice that because in a lot, and this Lionheart was like this too. That yeah, there was you, no you, like, and kind of Street Fighters like this too. Mm. I don't think Jean Claude Van. I think it's very little of the time Jean Claude Van Damme yeah. is a love interest. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. Uh, well, but, not on screen. Street right. Fighters. Right. Street Kylie Minogue. You know, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He, he yeah. banged Kylie Minogue behind the scenes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he didn't. There, there was chemistry between the two of them. Yeah. But it was like. I like that there wasn't this, like, she was disgusted by him and just, um, and she wasn't really throughout the movie disgusted by him, yeah. but it's not one of those situations to where, oh, she's disgusted by him and then there's a, like a quick attraction. Yeah, and then right. like quick attraction through shared trauma or yeah. through like, 
you know, just the rules of movie, mm-hmm. the rules of attraction in movies. Yeah. Like, it's not 10 minutes later she's watching him get naked and she's like, no, we like, would have fulfilled our butt quota if that would have yeah, happened. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. It, Maybe even the splits. Exactly. <laughs> Who knows what sex positions a freak like that gets yes. into. Uh, but in the John Woo cut, I don't know if they went with it or in his original wanting to do it, there was a love scene between the two of them. Mm. But I personally think that would have been distracting, especially when the whole time yeah. you're building up. And sure, they have chemistry, but they up to that point, they, they don't kiss. Um, mm-hmm. Like the most affection they give one another yeah. is like she like kind of kisses him on the cheek when they see that, yeah. unfortunately, Elijah Roper, um, mm-hmm. one of the homeless guys that was helping them, uh, was caught up in, in yeah. the hunt. That's probably the was, most unsettling scene. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I, you like that character. Yeah. But like after Jean Claude Van Damme sees that he died, like there's a little, like, I guess, like kiss on the cheek. But other than yeah. that, they just hug. Yeah. So, I mean, whatever. I forgot what you were even saying. But um, <laughs> I resent the fact that you think he's going to use the splits in a sex position. He could just do the splits while he's shaving. I don't know. This is a family show. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Okay. That's why, you know, family shows usually say, uh, what was the uh, pointer tits north and put on oh, the yeah, gas? Yeah. Or what was yeah. it? Point your tits north and put your foot on the gas. Yeah. That's <laughs> what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's, he's being like Chance, Chance Boudreaux is on the case when it yeah. comes to what really, because the movie opens with this hunt that we're talking about. Right. This, this, this game that, uh, Lance Hendrickson's character offers to the rich. It's 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 reminiscent of the classic stories and literature, uh, the, the most, most dangerous, dangerous game. game. Yeah, um, and it's just a take on that. And it's the movie opens up with the perspective of this homeless guy, and he's Who running around Natasha's dad. Yeah, yeah. who's um, also the writer of the movie. Was he really? really? Yeah, I interesting. I know that. Cool. Well, he did. A, he did a fine job. I agree. Um, but you just you you get him kind of stumbling around the streets, es- escaping from this rich mm. benefactor who like paid Lance Henriksen half a million dollars to hunt a mm. homeless guy. Um, Nat's father was found just asleep and he got burnt mm-hmm. alive. Um, yeah. So he's in there, and then he's being he's attacked by two of. Um, I'll just, I'm just going to call him Lance Hendrickson from here on out. Yeah. Um, Bouchon, Vachon, um, <laughs> Lance Hendrickson, two of his yeah. thugs. And uh, they're like, you know, like, get out of here, Boudreaux. And, you know, take you and your girlfriend, tell her to, you know, point her tits north and put the foot on the gas. We're <laughs> yes. like, that's the way you break up with a girl. Yeah. Like, so, baby, why don't you point your tits north and put your foot on the gas? <laughs> so, basically, the movie in the last 20 minutes points its tits north and puts its foot on the gas. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just nonstop action. Yeah. So, one of, so when Natasha enters New Orleans, mm-hmm. you were first introduced to Chance Boudreaux in this, you know, dingy cafe. Yeah. And that sets up the, the at least the one token scene in a Jean Claude Van Damme movie to where he fights three or four guys at one time, mm-hmm. and it doesn't pertain to the story that much, mm-hmm. and could because Natasha's accosted outside of the cafe, and he just comes in mullet and all and long duster, and mm-hmm. that's when we get the the token fight that you get in every movie. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, him doing. There's parts where he does martial arts, yeah. but there's not a lot of. Right. It's not because it's not the movie. Right. And I almost feel like even that scene, because like he takes his duster and he kind of opens it up yeah. like he's going to have a gun. Yeah. So you're kind of expecting, oh, John Woo, he's going to have, you know, yeah. have a gun. And then it's like, 
oh wait no no gun like you know then just you know straight to his martial arts and yeah stuff. exactly he doesn't a guy a guy pulls out like a switchblade yeah. and he's like you, uh, yeah, take your take some, your pig sticker and um, your boyfriend and, 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 yeah and you and your boyfriend like get the hell out of here or something like that yeah. <laughs> it's funny how, then they get like immediately they get a shot with a guy with sunglasses on it kind of looks like he's whimpering right. I'm like oh did he touch a nerve <laughs> i'm wearing these sunglasses so you can't see me cry yeah um, I like one thing I noticed, and we'd mentioned it before, but John Woo is very stylized with the way mm-hmm. he does stuff. Oh. To where, like, you're kind of want because at the beginning, he has like these, he has these shots that are going full speed and then they slow down like half yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why did like, he do that? But yeah. it's almost like foreshadowing and like these, cl- and then like close ups of people like blowing out matchsticks or blowing out yeah. candles, or, but or is like dissolves in between scenes, like, yeah, exactly. exactly. And there's one thing that he does this twice. To kind of, um, I've heard John Woo his style being described as like contemplative and like very mm-hmm. like it makes you think. Yeah. Um. So like there's this one part where Elijah is talking about you know um uh, Natasha's father because yeah. at this point she doesn't know that he's dead she's still looking for him and uh, he's talking he's giving exposition about like where where he makes camp is because mm-hmm. he's a homeless guy yeah. but then there's like it it, it it's on whoever's giving exposition and whoever's in the scene, but then it like fades to B roll of like the exposition they're talking about. It's the same thing when Lance Hendrickson is talking about the condition that like chance is in and like the last act of Mm -hmm. the movie, like in the, in the big like foundry warehouse Mm -hmm. to where he's like, he's saying, he's giving all this exposition. He's describing how maybe he feels. And it's like this, this crossfade B-roll, like slowed down of like Chance, like looking around. It's yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's just, like he we've been chasing him, and like he's yeah. like hurt and stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I know. It's just, you know, like stylistically, it's showing you what they're talking about. So yeah. you're not sitting there just listening to exposition. You get to a visual of kind of. What I think it's used about. best in the action. Yeah, right. scenes. And I, and I think a lot of it is this too was like it was his first like major. You know, his first U.S. Right. movie, first like blockbuster big budget movie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so he's you know he's getting the candy store he has like exactly. access yeah. to all these tools so he just like throws every single one of his like stylized stuff into this movie and just right. like tries to cram it all in mm-hmm. yeah make it slow-mo <laughs> yes. yes put it there it's more not... doves. it's i feel i feel like that's what as soon as he gained access to cgi that's what george lucas did it's like yeah. lock me away in that room and i'm just let, let me go free well and we were kind of speaking of john woo and this is the first american film who who did the who did the what studio did this uh universal universal mm-hmm. so we were talking obviously while we were watching the movie and so universal because of the language barrier, they weren't that they were worried that that would provide hurdles for the production mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So they brought in Sam Raimi to sort of oversee the entire production. Right. Mm-hmm. And if like if John Woo, if it created too much of an issue, yeah, then Sam Raimi would have took over. Yeah. But I think. And then Nick, you pointed out that you can hardly understand Jean Claude Van Damme either. And yeah. So it's like you know those two together, like right. you know there had to been some differences. But you could also, it's funny, it's like they don't mention Sam Raimi, but you know he was back behind there because you know Ted Raimi shows yeah, up yeah, in the exactly. movie at one point. And you're like, yeah. oh, it's Sam Raimi's involved yeah, well, somehow. So, yeah, exactly. I think, I think what adds to what makes the movie different is Lance Henriksen. Mentioned it's like when that. Clint Howard is in a movie, you're like, oh, Ron Howard had something to do yeah. with this, or it's the Santa with muscles. <laughs> oh yeah, or the ice cream man. Yeah, right. um, <laughs> or he needed money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, but you could. But it's cool to know Sam Raimi was there too because Lance Henriksen had mentioned that on the set. Um, 
I didn't read like fully this little tidbit, but I did see him mention how John Woo didn't really say no. Mm-hmm. And I would assume he's talking about to people's ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could definitely see because you, Nick, you're a fan of the evil dead movies right, right. and you're a fan of army of darkness. Oh, yeah. So you're familiar with the Sam Raimi's way of shooting. Right. So you can definitely see a Sam Raimi influence on some mm-hmm. parts too, especially with some of like the, like not surreal, but there's like this, one camera not fisheye lens but it's it's yeah. like this like um it's it's a we, it's a strange like single camera perspective yeah. Yeah. straight on yeah. on someone um that's it again that adds to how interesting the shot is so i could see john woo adding his flavor but then also sam raimi saying why don't we do this mm-hmm. right and john well, woo being like okay yeah let's do it well in the original cut of the movie is two hours right right yeah, yeah. so it's, it was more focused on like lance henriksen mm-hmm. Which I think, I mean, A, you can't get enough of Lance Henriksen. Mm-hmm. And B, I think it would be, I mean, his motivation is evil anyway. Right. But I think I've hypothesized that a lot of that is probably explored. They probably give him a backstory and See, maybe he has some a, connection. Right. Yeah. Because exactly. like he even says like, you know, they do these all over the world. Like mm-hmm. they yeah. go to the areas that are having problems. Right. Yeah. And where they have like, can get away with stuff. Like right now it happens to be in New Orleans. There's like. You know, the police are on strike, and so it's yeah. like, well, there's no law enforcement to yeah. interfere with this. Mm-hmm. It's true. They're talking about, you know, he's like, you know, last year's Yugoslavia in the middle of all that turmoil when Yugoslavia was, yeah. you know, um, kicking out its its communist yeah. you know, leaders. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anywhere where you can go toward people are mm. more focused on what makes the headlines, you can kind of go underground with, like, yeah. evil like this. Um, it also was given an NC-17 as well because it's a it, it's pretty violent it yeah. is it is really violent there are a lot of um a lot of critics who said it's the most violent movie of 1993 which that may be the case I, jurassic park was pretty violent yeah um but uh but there was a a, a critic who said it's none more violent than under siege from right. the year before but it it was potentially well, that be, was 1992. Yeah. I said 93. Uh, it would have potentially been more violent with that yeah. two-hour cut. It was NC-17. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it went back like eight times. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. before it even got the R rating. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Like, it's like how much more stuff was in yeah. there. But it's it all for the most part has a purpose, and not that yeah. all violence and you know gore needs a purpose. That's mm-hmm. why horror movies exist. It's um, in the it's the violence is like. It sticks with you. It's kind of the, it's pretty effective. The violence, of course, adds to the story. But yeah. I I equate it to, um, if you're pro wrestling fans out there, you know that Matt and I are. But also Nick's a big pro wrestling fan as well. Um, it's kind of like blood in a pro wrestling match. Like there are there are places that do blood just to do it. But then it also you can use it to add you can to add the story. to the drama of a add story. Add to the drama. Yeah. Add to the violence. Add to the gravity of the situation yeah. that's going on. Storytelling. Yeah. Um. So I think they did that well. Yeah. Because it, it was it was bloody, but it wasn't gory. No. Like, yeah. No. There was no like splurting blood everywhere, or like yeah, right. you know, it was like you know wounds. It wasn't you mm-hmm. know just like oh man, blood flying. You know, it wasn't, right. You know, Tarantino or even you know Raimi. Sam Raimi. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like I think the the most grotesque part was the the guy who hires the uh the homeless people to kind of the feeder he's, he's the, the, the feeder system to yeah. Lance Henriksen's operation he sort of recruits for him and he's mm-hmm. this sleazy guy that makes these homeless people sell you know nudie flyers on yeah. and 
Bourbon like, Street. There's yeah. he he's he's being cornered one night mm-hmm. by uh, Van Cleef, Arnold Vooslew, and Lance Henriksen. He gets his ear cut off. Yeah. So that's that's violent. Yeah. He also the way that the way that that scene opens up. He's asleep. He's <laughs> he's sweaty. He's breathing heavy. Uh, he's he's a heavier set dude. Yeah. Um, but Arnold Vooslew is in there, Vaslu, and uh, he's just kind of standing there. And it, it he doesn't. It's not like the shot is on him, and then you see out of the shot, like off camera, and then come into frame a chop. It's yeah. like it pans up, and Arnold Voss is standing <laughs> over him for like a split second, and then it's, ah! and then he like chops him in the stomach, and he's like, "Wake up, you fat fuck!" Yes. Uh, and, but as, as soon as soon as soon as he chops him, I was like, "That's how Matt and I wake each other up every morning." And it's like we say the same thing too. Yeah. And Matt's like, "Please, please, don't cut, don't." cut off my ear and i was like okay because it's christmas yeah <laughs> but um but i mean it's just it's you you see this seedy underbelly mm-hmm. of new orleans not oh, yeah. if you will yeah um but again like we said chance and um and uh, chance natasha. and yance yeah chance yeah. and natasha are caught in this crossfire because they know too much Mm-hmm. And Chance Boudreaux is like the ultimate target. He's the hard them. target. <laughs> exactly. So they they make off and they end up at uh, at Uncle Duvet's. Yeah. But not mm-hmm. not before um, some of the so some some of the highest velocity, impactful, craziest stunts that kick off the third. So act I had, the movie. I made a list of the best absurd action pieces, yes. and one of them leading to their trek to Uncle Duvet's farm was. Now, now, like the target is Chance, like we right. said, and so now it's um, Lance Henriksen and Arnold Vuslu and basically his like trackers and stuff, and they're all going after him. Mm-hmm. And not only does he do a karate kick to kick a guy off a motorcycle, right. at one point they're on the highway. And he flips the motorcycle around, and he starts balancing on it like a skateboard. He, he sees it <laughs> leaking, um, like leaking yeah, fuel, gasoline. Fuel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he starts balancing on it like a skateboard. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time I watched this movie, because he starts kind of low. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no way. I was like, if he gets higher, then this is bananas. Right. And he stands all the way up, and he's just shooting. And I was like, this is crazy. So obviously, Nick, you before you saw Hard Target, when was Hard Target, was that in the midst of you and your dad watching movies like this? Or was this like one of the first ones your dad showed you? I mean, I would say this is probably like in the midst of, gotcha. of it. Yeah. So but, you already up to this point were familiar with craziness and action movies. Craziness and action movies as far as like, you know, Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. and like Stallone craziness. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Where it's like more like feats of strength crazy. Yeah. Right. Quips and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so this obviously to you was maybe very similar to Matt's reaction. Just kind of your a bit widening of eyes and you're like, like what? 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 <laughs> what? Yeah, he's what just is pro- this? Progressively, no. Well, then no. you're like, and then you think, you know, he's just gonna like jump out of the way and you know yeah. crash it into it. But no, he has to stay on it and you know do a barrel roll over the right. top of it. Exactly. And you know land behind and then shoot it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then, then then everything blows up. Mm-hmm. A lot. A lot of cool guys walking away from explosions or running away from explosions. Yeah. But when they lead them. He leads them to the compound, to Uncle Duvet's compound. Mm-hmm. And so now you've got all these guys basically ex- blowing up the compound. And one one of the best images is overweight Wolford Brimley with a bow on a horse <laughs> going, yeah! 
ah! I guess he's riding away from an explosion. Like the 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 um the guys. truest hard target. Yeah, the <laughs> truest. <laughs> Who's you, what, what, what I the wish, movie's really about? Listeners, I wish you could have seen it because we pointed it out while we were watching, and just that image. <laughs> I started by saying the most heroic shot of the movie. <laughs> and Steven said they should have made this the cover of the movie, and Nick was imitating someone looking at it like. They couldn't hit this guy. <laughs> Santa Claus's vacation. Yeah, so, but, so you look at it and you just think it's about Wilford Brimley and like, people can't I, kill him. There's so he's he's off center. Yeah. And there's an explosion around him. It he's photoshopped. Yeah. There's an explosion behind him and he's triumphantly hoisting his bow in the air yeah. and he's like he's shouting something in French and his uh his feet on like on the, the horse on the, the his feet on the horse so like on like not saddle but like the, the, in the stirrups, stirrups. In the stirrups yeah. yes his feet in the stirrups aren't down by him <laughs> they're like they're splayed out in front kind of like, like a muppet <laughs> yeah kind of like like ape hanger people you know people on motorcycles have ape, ape hangers, hangers yeah. like their their pedals aren't directly down below them they're kind yeah, of they're in front out of them. in front mm-hmm. so it's kind of like that so as he's moving, yeah, like Matt said, it's kind of like a muppet. Like his his <laughs> legs are moving up and down. He looks like he he's a he's a short, chubby old man. Yeah, and it's just funny that that's the idea of that's who mm-hmm. the hard target is. Oh yeah. Um, also, when they're in the warehouse, they chase them down to a warehouse which mm-hmm. has parade floats. Yep. Um, kind of not, stored in not there. just parade floats. Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. Oh yes, yes. Mardi Gras floats. Yeah, the the parade to end all parades, mm-hmm. and. There's one guy who's in there before they all... All of them are outside, but there's one guy who's inside. And Pigeon Poop's on his head. He looks up. And <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme was never one for one-liners. No. Because his his insult to get the guy's attention was, Hey, Pigeon. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what follows makes up for it. But yeah. Why couldn't you have a better a better one-liner? Well, before that, I will, I will point out, all of Lance Henriksen and his cronies are on uh, Uncle Duvet's land. Yeah. And Uncle Duvet has this, like, this big booby trap, like, that's amongst his moonshining stuff. Yeah. And he, like, he shoots an arrow that knocks a guy into it, and it causes this chain reaction of, like, fuses to go off on dynamite, and all these guys are set on fire. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and when he says, hey, Bidgeon. The guy kind of looks at him, and it's just Jean-Claude Van Damme in the middle of the warehouse. Mm-hmm. He's got a gas can by his foot, kicks the gas can up, and points a shotgun one hand and shoots the gas mm-hmm. can. And I was like, because uh, when that happened, I was like, I forgot about this scene. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. And then, Nick, tell us about the rattlesnake. Oh, man. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, this is the whole reason that, like, Yancey was hired was just right. for right. this one scene. Right. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, so they're they're walking to the cabin. They're in like, I mean, I guess it was supposed to be the swamplands because yeah. yeah, it's New Orleans, it's but just it's like just woods, woods. Yeah. and so it's like they want you to kind of think it's the swamplands. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but so they're w- walking through, and you know, it's, this was also another area where it's kind of like you think it might be like a love, oh yeah, interest yeah. because like, it's like, do you trust? Me? Do you trust me? You know, yeah. close your eyes, and yeah. you know. She's like, oh, why would I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Then I do that. And so, you know, she's standing there, closes her eyes, and then up over her shoulder comes this, like, six-foot rattlesnake. Yeah. So, you know, JCVD, you know, grabs a hold of it, drags it across her shoulder. Her eyes open up about five feet wide. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, then just gives it a tap on the head and then just a punch in the face and just knocks the rattlesnake out. 
It's it's one of the more iconic and then, Jean-Claude Van Damme to mention, like, cause images. Because she, she says, like, is it dead? And he's like, you know, not, like, not yet. Um, he bites, he the, bites the, rat, the yeah. rattle off of it yeah. just so he, to set it up as a booby trap. And the pacing of that scene could have been better, I guess, because the way it's paced yeah. is it makes it seem like like Lance Hendrickson and his cronies are like directly behind them. Yeah. When they obviously they got a wider head start than right. that. But it's still cool because like the rattlesnake, like they don't hear it, but it like pounces on a guy. Yeah. Um but even like Lance Hendrickson even says like, Well if you guys would speed up and you know die faster, then like right. he wouldn't have time to set these traps. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Um but when it comes down to it Chance Boudreaux is their main target at this point. Target. Yes. Um, keep stressing that. <laughs> one of the things that I pointed out that I thought was really cool artistically, um, I get some, I maybe in movies like this, I try to try to think about them too much to come up <laughs> with something to come up with like, well, here's what was the director going, going for with this. Most of the time I don't, I just, I'm like, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but like on, you know, I was like, well, what does it mean that it keeps showing Lance? Because Lance, there's a scene to where you get like the full they lay out the what, exposition, the, the exposition of like what they do, why they do what they do. Because up to that point, excuse me, um, we're almost halfway through the movie, yeah. and all we know, we start to put together the pieces that it, there's this this hunt that these rich people yeah. do on these the homeless on these homeless hunting people people. yeah Yeah. exactly we don't know why or there's there's no direct reason why but there's a scene to where there's is this direct reason why and i like how they they frame it because they start off that um fashan i know we keep saying lance henriksen but uh emil fashan um he's like playing this classical piece on the piano which i think is actually it's actually lance henriksen which is really awesome because this that's a complicated piece yeah um at least man's, it looks complicated. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he didn't write it, right? But, uh, yeah. uh, but it's it's Fashan is playing this piece in this really opulent, like big mm-hmm. mansion. Yeah, and it's intercut with um, Elijah Roper, who we've seen already twice, and he's yeah. really helpful. And we, you kind of start, you kind of grow to like this right. character, and uh, you see it's interspliced all undercut with the with the classical piece on the piano mm-hmm. that Lance Henriksen's playing. But it's all goes back and forth between him playing that and then Elijah taking this Rupert job being recruited. Yeah, he's yeah. unknowingly volunteering yeah. for to be hunted. Yeah. He's just going on the promise of like a lot of money. Yeah. Um and then it's also shots of Arnold Vosloo as uh, Van Cleef talking to their latest customer about, you know, you paid us this much up front. Here's what we here's do. What we provide. Here, here's, you know, here's all of our services we provide with this. All you have to do is point and shoot. Yeah. You know, we take care of an airtight alibi. Yeah. yeah. Your, your, your hands are we clean. Of this. Yeah. Yeah. We take care um, of everything. So when I saw they kept showing Lance Hendrickson's hands, I was like, well, maybe this means that he's not the one who does the shooting. So technically his hands are clean of this and he's playing this classical piece. Then I was like, you're thinking too much. <laughs> yeah. um, and then when finally um, their latest customer is in the room and um, and Van Cleef is there and then the doctor that they have yeah. on set that is on Lance Henderson's mm-hmm. payroll, they're all sitting there. And then that's when you get why they do what they do. Yeah. Um, like we've said a couple times before already, like why the purpose for these, these hunts that Lance Henderson 
um, facilitates. Yeah. So I just like how they frame that just from an artistic point of view, um, that all of this, this really sinister stuff is going on. And you also see this really likable character is volunteering and you're almost like, you almost know what's going to happen to him. But it's all, like I said, juxtaposed and undercut with this really beautiful classical piece of music. Mm -hmm. Speaking of music, I think the movie opens up on a little piano lick. Oh, yeah. That sounds really like... It sounds like it should be in a family movie. sounds like Dr. John's about to start playing. Yeah, it sounds like it should be in a family movie. It sounds really optimistic. And I was like, I don't... I don't like this music so far. Mm-hmm. And then it and then it goes into like dun dun like right. really sinister. Graham Ravel. Yeah, and yeah. then it goes back into like typical kind of bourbon street music. I was like, I don't like the tone of this music. Yeah. yeah it's just it was just it was just weird. Like it was like if this feels like a family it was like boom dun, 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 I mean they had to give it, you know, some of that Narlands, you sure. know yeah. feel to it. Because I mean yeah. also they had to write the movie like around like jean claude like that's why it was set in new orleans like oh he has this accent yeah yeah you know from here so it's like in the piano i don't have an issue with the piano and the new orleans feel but it's just it was weird like where it was because like the very beginning when someone's being pursued like but it's just the it's just that like five second jingle though like yeah it's yeah it's true it's like oh new orleans like (laughs) like, remember this is our location (laughs) all you're seeing is the street you don't know where you're at it's new orleans this is one of those movies tour because you have the movies to where like in Bloodsport, which we'll talk about later in the month tour he's representing america along with ray jackson yeah um and I, i can't remember if they like they explain like he's from a different country they do because like the the younger version of him in blood sport hey, he puts on an accent too <laughs> um but this, I think this they moved from somewhere yeah, yeah. this is actually an instance to where they can use his his french yeah. accent and also i like how uh wilford brimley's uncle duvet was the right. only one to put on put an put, effort yeah into an accent there to, yeah. to be cajun <laughs> yeah. which i think was prime and oh, you know yeah. rest in peace wilford brimley. yeah and added that kind of like a little bit of that comedic element mm-hmm. that yeah. you know that was a little bit needed you know you needed yeah. something to kind of change up the pace a little for bit sure. yeah and you definitely need some levity especially after much like we mentioned in lionheart with joshua yeah they're the jean-claude movies have these side characters who mm-hmm. add this levity either they're a device for him to fight for mm-hmm. device to fight with or just like a comedic character yeah um i think until uncle duvet comes in you don't really get that a whole lot but then Uncle Duvet provides yeah. kind of that levity of like this you kind almost of take a breath and you're like everything up to this point's been kind of sinister and unsettling. Right? Yeah. Like, he's he's this likable, wild, crazy old man. Yeah. And it kind of just flips the like right there is like where it kind of flips the tone of like the yeah, rest of the movie. Exactly. Like, okay. Now now this is an enjoyable quote unquote brainless action movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because we had mentioned you know it doesn't have the doesn't have the splits. Doesn't have some of the earmarks of Jean Claude no Van Damme movies. No buts. But I mentioned earlier, the last ten minutes is worth the price of admission. Oh, yeah, like I would even say last twenty minutes. Yeah, last when, twenty minutes. Essentially, the third act of the movie. The second he starts skateboarding on a motorcycle. Yeah, that's like okay. I just even if you were kind of one foot out the door up to that point, it's like well, I got to keep watching. Right. Yeah. yeah, and it's just moment after moment after moment it's like what how how can we raise the stakes how can we kind of make this more kind of bombastic and in your face oh my gosh when they're in the when it's van cleef and him in the warehouse when the 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 john woo kind of like like face off shot yeah like Mm -hmm. it's a split screen or it's 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 
partitioned by something that's in the movie. Yeah. Right. But like it's the the gung fu or the gun fu. Yeah. Right. Like they're, cause they're, they're separated by a row of windows and they're shooting at each other, yeah. yelling, and they don't get one. They don't hit each other at all. Mm. And they're like five feet apart. And I'm like, this is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, five minutes later, you know, Jean-Claude with a gun upside down, you know, yeah, pulling the trigger. Oh, like, that's a, I, I was like, this is so stupid. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, what's funny is they're literally, they're like four or five feet away from each other, only separated by a glass window, but yeah. in between shooting at, Van Cleef, he's shooting like yeah. further away. Yeah. He's shooting other cronies through the glass, mm-hmm. like and just and nailing them. Yeah. But what's great is it's that was that was kind of used in Face Off as well, because that's where you also get kind of like them. It's not just them like panting and like they know tr- each other. They know he they they of. he you know they kind of know what type of people they are and what they're dealing with. So they're going back and forth with like this banter before mm-hmm. they start shooting at one another. Like in Face Off, another yeah. John Woo movie. And Arnold Vuslu was Himotep in the Mummy, in the mummy movies. Yes. So it was the mullet versus the mummy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why that wasn't the tagline. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned he's, he also des- descends from a, a giant he pelican. He lowers himself from a, like a ceramic swan. Yeah. And it just no, is like, no, it's like a pelican. A, a ceramic bird. A yeah. massive just, bird. <laughs> you're, you're getting caught up on the wrong details. <laughs> it's, it, it's a giant bird that was used on a Mardi Gras float. He's lowering himself on it and taking people out one by one with a shotgun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I think it was a pelican. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> a big-ass bird. <laughs> Speaking of birds... The, the 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 John Woo trademark, which uh, Americans yeah. would come to know, pigeons, Pit, yes, pigeons, yes, yes. doves, <laughs> yeah. and various shots yeah. of the movie. Mm-hmm. He didn't use like in Face Off. It's almost like it's almost like it's a Tourette's tick, like right. his doves. And here it's used kind of sparingly. Yeah, he and but there was a couple like I mean we joke about pigeons, but there was right. even a couple scenes where it was like the John Woo doves, but. With pigeons, pigeons. Yeah. So he's, he's 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 in America now. He's like, I use a lot of doves in Hong Kong. Maybe I should go with pigeons. What 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 bird is Let's native? Test the waters what here. What bird is native to America? The pigeon. <laughs> well, we have doves too. Yeah, but I want to use pigeons. Or 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 someone's like, someone's like, why don't we use doves? You have doves here. Right? <laughs> Throw him in. I mean, why didn't he come down on a giant dove? Like, <laughs> exactly. It's like he's watching the movie in the theater. Giant dove. Uh, <laughs> Um, I was gonna say something about oh, the pelican. A, a nice no, little, not that. a nice little, uh, tidbit like Lance Hendrickson behind the scenes proof why he's an amazing actor is when they were in and they're you know, they're getting lit up by chance and and you know fire goes off yeah. in the warehouse and Lance Hendrickson's coat catches on fire yeah. like the character's coat catches on fire but that it wasn't originally supposed to happen like mm-hmm. Lance Hendrickson actually caught on fire but as he's removing the coat. They kept filming. He's like, "Ah, oh, we gotta get that son of a bitch," you know. And I'm like, "That's that's like professionalism," because mm-hmm. he was getting burned alive. Right. Mm-hmm. You could tell in the next scene he had like the gel on his neck, or yeah. whatever. But I just thought I like knowing that that was real, mm-hmm. and they kept filming. And Lance Henriksen's just a true pro. I just was, I thought, yeah. that was and really like cool. really the only other like thing I can compare that to is like you know in, in Django with like Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah, like, right. with the same, and you know yeah. which. You know, to compare those two together, I mean, you wouldn't think of them as like right in the same caliber, but you know, they are like yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and speaking of Quentin Tarantino, so Ted Raimi's in this movie very, 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 briefly. very briefly, 
And we joked that that's how you know it's a Sam Raimi movie because that's really the only work Ted Raimi gets is in Sam Raimi stuff. And in, well, I guess Sam Raimi was a part of Xena. Never <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but like um, Elijah's on in the French Quarter yeah. and he's managed to escape like the cemetery uh, because they're pursuing him through a cemetery and he gets to the French Quarter where there's a bunch of people and he's like pleading for help which while is, he's being hunted. Right, which yeah. is which so, feels so helpless. And you're like, oh, I feel for mm-hmm. Elijah. And Ted Raimi is someone who's walking in the French Quarter. He's like, please, please, you got to help me. He's like, he's like, listen, man, I ain't got no chain. Ted Raimi is a white dude, by yeah. the way. Yeah. And I was like, why is he talking like Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> yeah. If you watch Spider-Man, he's one of the, like the, he's one of like the, the, the geeks that works at the Daily Bugle. That's always in there with like, uh, with J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. And he gets and killed Robbie by Candyman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in the movie Candyman. Oh. Yes, exactly. And doesn't, did, he plays Joxer, right? And Xena. Yeah. And doesn't mm-hmm. he get killed in Xena? Uh yes I think so I haven't watched Xena in decades. <laughs> what I remember about Xena Warrior Princess Lucy Lawless of course. Yeah, right. Um Bruce this first introduction to Bruce Campbell which yeah. I don't know if you've heard Jeff's Bruce Campbell story. Uh Jeff doesn't like Bruce Campbell. Wow. Um, which is which is <laughs> wow. which is it's easy not to like Bruce Campbell. But anyway, uh I I think I remember seeing him die in Xena. But I remember in Xena. Welcome to Xena cast, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember the first one of the things that stuck out to me in Xena when I was a kid was black blood. Like she got ah. hit in her. It might have been Joxer was like being killed. Oh, and he had like yeah. black blood. I was like, oh no. Maybe that gave him the right to talk like a black person because yeah. he had black blood. Yeah, but Xena was after this. Well, whatever. Maybe, well, he still had the blood in his body before yeah. he to, came out of his body in Xena. To quote Lisa, Lisa, to quote Lucy Lawless in Treehouse of Horror and The Simpsons, um, a wizard did it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there you go. <laughs> so we talked about Lance Henriksen there. Um, he he plays the role like he does with a lot of his villain roles. Choose the scenery, such gravitas. He's so convincing. I will say something I wasn't a big fan of. So at this point, it's finally down to Chance Boudreau and Lance Henriksen. And they're going back and forth. Like Lance, Lance, Chance Boudreau. I think I said Lance. Um, Lance, Chance. Uh, Chance Boudreau. Chancey, Yancey, Lancey. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He he does a front flip through flames. flames. <laughs> and uh, and he does a front, front flip through flames at... I chance Lance, Lance Henriksen um, and uh, and and then Lance Henriksen's like shooting a shotgun at him as he's like going up to like kick him yeah and he doesn't he misses so he kicks hits him, him in the oh, leg oh he does a front flip through flames and mm-hmm. blows Lance Henriksen away like blows him backwards like twenty feet backwards yeah, right exactly. exactly so like with like a that's it's like a classic what like wire shot to yeah. where like it. The wires pulling mm-hmm. someone backwards. No, he actually got shot. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, they just as, kept filming. You yeah, know, like I mean, he was fine with the coat. Like, yeah, because he's exactly. a pro. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're going back and forth, and you know, each guy's kind of getting a slight upper hand over yeah. the other. And finally, Chance throws this grenade mm-hmm. that um, Arnavaslu Van Cleef had all over him. Um, he tosses it. So he puts it in Lance Henriksen's. Pants and says the tagline of the Pants movie. Pants Henriksen. <laughs> His hunting season is over. Yeah. Um, and pushes him, like kicks him backwards. And while um, Chance is running away with Natasha, 
um, like Lance Henderson takes the grenade out and he's unscrewing the top to get the fuse the out fuse, of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ha ha. And then like the fuse, um, it's not far enough it away. Ignites, it yeah. ignites. And uh, he's like, oh, or well, what does he say? Oops. <laughs> Oops. And Oops. That, that was like, oh. His, his, his final line of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. like, this Oops. guy, not to be trifled with, the scowl that'll make you shit your pants. Whoopsie. Like he, he goes out, his his blaze of glory is, oops, <laughs> like what the hell? Um, but essentially, Chance and Natasha get away, and Uncle um, and Uncle Duvet. Uncle, yeah, yeah. They go up to Uncle Duvet, who'd been stabbed by by um, Lance Henriksen with one of his arrow with one of yeah. Uncle Duvet's arrows, and it turns. They're like, Uncle Duvet, are you okay? And uh, and I am Duvet. I am okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to speak in rhymes. Sounds the Grinch. <laughs> yes, he like he pulls out his uh, his prized flask that stopped the arrow. Oh from no! Now we have just, a problem. Uh, he, he's like, this is the greatest tragedy. Yeah. Um, and then and then we end with like born on the bioplan as they're walking out of mm-hmm. the the mass hysteria. They just. Are walking to away from it to a fantastic adventure. Exactly, fantastic voyage. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have personally ended the movie, you know, with him on the boat sailing away. You know how it, how it started off because you know he's like just doing this to get the money oh, to yeah, go on. Yeah. This, yeah, like I would have just you know ended it with him like on the boat, like just yeah. sailing away, ending the story. You know, like yeah. no potential love interest left. You know, just, right. Just all right. That's mm-hmm. right because we didn't mention like originally he wasn't gonna help. Natasha yeah. because you know he's he's a shoreman and he's just like he's just waiting for work like mm-hmm. he's on the shore and you know the foreman of the shoreman is announcing like all the jobs that they're about to do and he's like here's here I got some work for you guys and he as she's trying to convince him to work for her to help fi- at this point help find her father hundred dollars a day <laughs> yes. it's like what do you want me to do it's like for a hundred dollars does it really matter it's like lady do you know how much a hundred dollars is right. it's really not that much um, 1993, rich folk. 1993 um, money. Yeah, right. That's like a million dollars today. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's how interest works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but basically, he declines. He's like, I'm going out of town, way out of town. And but you know, the foreman won't allow him to go on the job because you know he still has some debts he's got to pay. His, his dues are due. His, yeah, his, his dues his are due. The foreman of the shoreman says, "You doozy do," yes. and uh, he's like, "You saw a doozy. You saw a big doodoo." <laughs> yeah, he said, "Yeah, he's a gungan." Um, <laughs> but uh, it's only it's two hundred seventeen dollars. So he's like, "You know, you don't ship off until the end of the week." He's like, "Okay, fine." So he works for her just. He's like, "You will pay me two hundred and seventeen dollars." Yeah, she's like, "Okay." Um, so basically, yeah, he only did it to make money to go. And be a, a longshoreman mm-hmm. and just go out of town and go to exotic places. Yeah. And also, um, we mentioned last week that he usually plays some sort of drifter or mm-hmm. soldier. Or mm-hmm. so he's a he's a, not only a drifter in this movie, he's also a former soldier. Yes. So we get a little twofer right. from yep. JCVD. Yep. So that's a lot of hard target. It is it is a wild movie to say the least, and it really is probably his best movie yeah so oh. our rating system on the jean-claude january that we established last week was we're gonna rate it in muscular butts so lionheart got three out of five muscular butts last week and so i'll turn the floor over to you nicholas and you rate this movie out of on the muscular butt scale i mean five out of five yes. five out of five muscular butts you heard it here yeah i would absolutely agree 
I have five out of five. Mm-hmm. This, like you, Nick, this is my favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme mm-hmm. movie. And all when we were in Decatur, because you're originally from Decatur. Correct. We were in Decatur for Jeff and Katie's wedding, and that was the first time we had met you, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think and, we, like a, like a year before, we okay. came down for December, and then... Okay, that's, yeah. when, that, that's, yeah. that's when it was. was when we came down the very first time. I remember we were talking about Jean-Claude Van Damme movies, because we had you know, got the sense that you liked that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you said your favorite was Hard Target. And I remember being like, I didn't, I didn't think I'd ever meet another person who had seen Hard Target, mm-hmm. even though it's not like it's an underground movie, but that's their favorite because that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice, that's something I, I'm very, I'm very fond of you for, for mm-hmm. that reason. I'm fond of you too for many other reasons. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, so, okay. Because of my five muscular butts. So getting back on course, parting thoughts on Hard Target. I mean, Hard Target, I mean, what more could you want from an early 90s action movie exactly yeah. you that's know everything it has you know action like i said a little bit of love mm-hmm. you know drama violence an interesting story interesting story kind of original yeah cool cool setting like you know yeah. you, you don't see new orleans really too often in mm-hmm. yeah in a movie and you know it's a cool place uh jean-claude van damme you know and it's it's just a good time like, yeah it's very it, well it is it is a good time it's a turn it's a not quite a turn your brain off movie, but know what you're getting into when right. you watch mm-hmm. it, and you yeah. will enjoy it a lot more mm-hmm. um, than if you were Roger Ebert um, yeah. trying to go in being a critic about it. Because nobody cares about your opinion. Yeah, um, Roger Ebert. Um, but Nick, thank you so much yeah. for being on. Yeah. Like we had mentioned at the top, you've been a friend of ours for years and years yeah. and years, and we've talked about this stuff off mic so many times. Watch these movies with you, but it's just great to have you on even in the parting episodes of the Radcast mm-hmm. to finally have you on this show. We cannot wait to have you on Sucktastic Cinema. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I watch some bad movies. So. Yeah. That's so, what I like to hear. So I have a feeling <laughs> you will, you will be on there. We will make sure you're on there a lot. Um, so hard target, Nick, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thanks for coming on here. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes of absolutely. course. You're the the your your family. The only other family that's been on here more is our family. Yeah. So it's nice that your family's been on here so much. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Party <laughs> words from a gifted man. So everybody, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Nick, you did a great job. Awesome hearing your point of view. Loved having you on, of course. Um, stay tuned for next week's installment of Jean Claude January. Until then. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, because why would you want to be rude when you could be rad? We'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.